All right, BradCooney.com. I'd like to welcome in Hollywood paparazzi Rick Mendoza, a.k.a. Rickster Rick. What is up, Rick? Appreciate it, man. How you doing there? Everything good? Everything's great, man. Um, first of all, thanks uh, for joining this show on short notice. I really appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It's a little rainy here in L.A. right now, but it's the, the sun's still shining inside. Beautiful. All right, so I, I think the first thing I want to talk about, and we'll get into your career and some other cool things about, about the paparazzi world, but I want to talk about this TV show, Paparazzi TV, that you got to cook in here. Um, I, had the, I had the fortunate uh, chance to watch it most of the week on Pluto TV. Um, so I guess tell the listeners out there what the TV show is about and the backstory. Pluto TV, um, who's now the main uh, distributor of Paparazzi TV, uh, came up with an idea and involved me. Uh, they wanted a show that basically identified the paparazzi, who they are, what they are, why they do what they do, and a little bit of their thoughts, their backstories, um, and to get to know the persona, the character, not that anybody would care, because it's all about the celebrity, but people were still a little fascinated, and I thought we could bring it to light and see how far we could take it. And so far, we have five episodes under our belt, and um, the response has been very, very good. i got to be honest with you. I think, I think more people might be interested in paparazzi, who you folks are, than you might think. I think obviously everybody knows the celebrities. Everybody knows, you know, if, if, if they're tuned into that thing, they know the celebrities. But it's, there's a little bit of a mystique with paparazzi, um, as far as who are these people with the cameras? You know, who, who are they? I think I think there's a market for that. Well, I well we're, we're finding that out right now, and that's the one thing um, about just the name itself, paparazzi. Mm-hmm. There's a stigma attached to it, and there's a very for some people, a very bad stigma because of what the media has presented. What people don't realize is that it's an art. It's photography. Now, people are going to go against it and say, well, it's intrusive. It's what, it's what, it's what. That's what you've been told. There are many laws in place, not just for your ordinary person taking photographs, for everyone. And if you just follow the rules and you play Hollywood the way Hollywood was, you know, has presented itself, you're going to have a career, and you're going to have an enjoyable time meeting celebrities, um, locations, uh, parties, events. And it's basically nothing more than just a fascinating way to make a living and uh, have a great time while we're showcasing our art. You know, what I really enjoyed about the show is, is amongst many things, I really enjoyed the show, um, but I liked I liked how, how you learn... That paparazzi is a whole lot more than just taking photos of celebrities. You have to be strategic. You have to be smart. You have to be witty. You have to outthink your competition. It's a real science. There's a lot to it. Yeah, I found out that the hard way, only because you have to be seasoned at it to be better and to make more money, and you nailed it. You know, you really have to be too three steps ahead of your competition. And sometimes, obviously, you have to be two, three steps ahead of the subject, which is which is a celebrity. Because we have to think before they think about where they're going to move, how they're going to, which way is 
spot location, timing, patience, all of that comes into effect. Yeah, absolutely. So, so um, how long have you been doing this? Now, on the show, I learned, I learned that you 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 started out in fashion design and actually creating clothes, making clothes for rock bands like Guns N' Roses, some real legendary rock bands, and that you um, and that you were into fashion, and then that's how you kind of got involved. But how did that transition? What was it that made you transition from fashion into actually paparazzi work? That. Um that's essentially how it started. I was, uh, I came, I came, uh, I came to play rock star is what I did. I came to play rock star in LA and, um, we were horrible and there was no way in high heaven that we were going to go anywhere. And so I was very creative and I wanted us to at least look good. And so I would come up with ideas to make us look fashionable and my, my designs were kind of creative and they were very simple, but they, they looked very complicated. And um, I got picked up by a company that had a leather shop, had no identity, and I basically turned it into, I basically turned it into a rock and roll shop. And then we started creating rock and roll gear. And next thing you know, my look and the, the guys that we hired, who looked like we belonged in a band, um, we started attracting all the stripper girls, and we started attracting all the rock and rollers. Mm. Next thing you know, we had contracts with Alice Cooper and, and the Gunners, you know, the Guns N' Roses. Our jackets were featured at Wembley Stadium when Axl Rose sung with Elton John. Oh, you know, wow. That Union jacket is our jacket. The UK jacket is our jacket. Those colorful wow. ones that he was wearing. The white one with the Guns N' Roses logo. So we can have Alice Cooper, Dwight Yoakam, you know, even celebrities like, uh, you know, even up to now with, you know, the phones that Heather Locklear is having. I used to tell her and her sister Colleen jackets. Wow. So... Got me into it, and then we were having customers from Germany, Mexico, Japan were our biggest uh, clients, and I just got fascinated with Japan. So I took off with some leather, I went to Japan, and I hung out in Japan. I was just selling leather and getting to know the country, and I started taking photographs. I started taking photographs of of musicians, the Japanese musicians, and the Japanese baseball players because I was an avid sports oh. fan and music. And I, I called myself as a joke, a Japanese paparazzi. And the light bulb went on, and here comes Rick back to L.A. 2.0, and the rest is history. Wow. So that's really interesting. All right, so when you came back to Los Angeles, now you have Japan on your resume and Guns N' Roses attire and things like that. Um, did you just jump in feet first, or, or did you have somebody mentor you as far as paparazzi, or did you just kind of learn on the fly? You know, there was, it was a combination of three elements. The first one was the joke in my head, calling myself a Japanese paparazzi. The second <laughs> was that I knew L.A. And the third was, why does the world hate paparazzi? Hmm. And that was the biggest one of all. I had to study what they did wrong. Why that one name that's so well known around the world that I saw as, as I started learning about them, that name alone was my Starbucks, my McDonald's, my Nike. It was a brand that nobody wanted to touch, and I saw a million dollars there. I took that name, and I redeveloped it. I created a, an image and a persona, and I wanted that name to represent sharpness, coolness, sophistication, um, um, compassion, and, and change the whole idea of what that paparazzi name stood for, for a lot of people. It was all that combination that made me just come back here to L.A., 
and try some streets. Try some ideas. Find something. And the first subject that I ever saw was Cindy Crawford. She was jaywalking on Robertson Boulevard here in Los Angeles. And I followed her, and she went into a, a child's clothing store. And I, I remember I was at the door taking photographs of her, and this large gentleman stood near me, and I asked the gentleman, hey, he was a photographer, he was a real paparazzi. I was just getting my feet wet. Right. And I asked him, hey, maybe we should get back and let her, you know, give her some room. And he says, F off, rookie. And the second he said F off, rookie, he didn't look say F off, he used another term. But the second that he said that, it was the best feeling I ever had in my life because I felt like I was in the game. He called me a F and rookie. And I thought, wow, I'm one of them. Yeah. And that was it. But then I started, I didn't know how to sell a photo. And I went to the Yellow Pages and I found the first photo agency. And it was on Melrose. And it was a company, and I think they're still in existence. Uh, Bowler Griffin was the agency. And uh, I took the photos. I was walking distance. Uh, he gave me 200 bucks. And I went back on the street looking for more. And that was the start of my little world. And I thought, hey, this is cool. I want to take this to a whole other level. Yeah, you, you, you just got a little bit of a... A little bit of a bite there, and then you got hungrier and hungrier and hungrier in the 19 year. I got, I got the bug. The yeah. bug got me good. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what, another thing I loved about the show was like it, the the TV show really gives the viewer an opportunity to see exactly what you guys do and how you do it. It's this. It's just not about taking photos. Like I said before, it's just strategy. It's, it's, you know, you got to outthink people. But then when you get the pictures, when you get the shot you're looking for, it's a race. Unless you unless it's exclusive, maybe it's not that much of a race. But if there's any other paps in the area, you guys are, like, racing to get that thing sent in to be the first one to get it sold. Is, is that is that correct? Yeah, the, the competition is fierce because, you know, there's not too many outlets anymore like there used to be. And so... Every second matters, and if there's another photographer, you're, you're, you're on a race to get it on the library, the agency library, as fast as you can, so when the publications get on it, because the second that it shoots out to the world, everyone has access to it, and if it's a good photo, you want to make sure that yours outsell the, the competitors so that everybody can, everyone's going to make money, but some are going to make a little bit more money than others. And then some agencies are going to undercut to sell more. So that'll lower the value of your photograph. So it's a lot of cutthroat involved. And you're just trying to get yours out there quickly so that the major, major websites, uh, television shows, pick it up without hesitation. Just pick it up and not even worry about the rest of it. Just, oh, pick that one, grab that one, mm. we'll pay the price, and then make your money. I mean, we're basically grinding out here for dollars now because it, the market has dropped thanks to Instagram and Snapchat and all those things. But the, the quality of the photograph is still in demand. That still works for us. One of the uh, cool things I saw was when you got your be your Bella photos. Um, but what was, what was really interesting to me was how that other guy, the other Pat, um, kind of jumped in there. And now he was like completely... I, you know what I saw? I saw somebody with experience and a lot of wisdom doing this in you, and I saw somebody with probably not near the experience in the other guy, where you were actually took some time out to kind of calm the guy down, even though he was kind of jumping you. You still were professional about it, but 
That's important, though. It's not. It's not good to do that to other paths, is it? No, most paths let the path be how he is. And as you, if you were watching how he was getting scolded yeah. by the personnel of the hotel, and I, I'm not going to defend him on that one. You know, you're going to have to learn it your way. That's right. I, I'm speaking for the fact that you, you know, on on a, he's, he's he's not a friend. He's just a peer, a worker. But you know, I had to let him understand that. You know, you don't have to go to those extremes. You, you look too hungry. Right. You know, you're in desperation mode. You're, I mean, he was out of control. Yeah, he really was. I mean, it was ridiculous. He was just bouncing around and crossing the line. And I'm like, relax, man. I got, we got this. You know, she's gonna, she's gonna see me. She's gonna know who I am. And she's gonna give us a shot. And that's exactly what she did. She walked up to us. We got our shots. And, you know, knowing how she is, she wasn't going to give him the eye contact. She gave it to me, and so my photos got picked up. All of my photos got picked up because of the eye contact that she gave me. You know, and that, that's a good segue into my next question because, well, just talk about this. Talk about the importance of developing a cordial relationship with these celebrities because obviously you had one with Bella. I mean, she even blew you a kiss. I mean, she basically did like a photo shoot for you. She was so kind. And and I'm guessing not everybody's like that, but the importance of a cordial relationship goes a long way, doesn't it? Right, and the one thing that, and it's not just in the the paparazzi uh, world, you know, the art of the art of communication. Yeah, I always stress that out. I mean, if you if you can if you know how to really communicate with somebody on all levels, you're really going to connect. You know, and it's being a little witty, uh, being a little uh, stern, being a little. Uh, you know, taking it, you know, listening, uh, all of that. Uh, I come across as a character, and that's what helps me. My persona, my personality. Good, bad, or ugly, however you want to look at it. That's who I am. But I've developed a relationship with people in that manner, you know. Uh, some people just never learned. They, they believe that the way they were being, the way they were growing up is the way they should always be. And they, 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 it doesn't work that way. They lose, they lost it somewhere down the line where they believe that that's how it's supposed to be. Now we're all stubborn and we're all in our, set in our ways. I just happened to flow into something that meshed with my personality. That's great. All right, so I, I, I announced on some of my social media that I was going to get you in. And a lot of times my, my followers want to ask questions. So I took, a, I took a group of questions that I thought were good ones for you. Are you down to answer a few? Oh, yeah, I'm ready for this. No, these, are actually, these are actually pretty good ones. Um, okay, so let me see here. Let's see the first one I want to ask. Okay, so this person wants to know, what's the absolute best celebrity photo you have ever taken and why? You know, I have to say... That the best photos that I've ever taken are of William and Kate, the royal couple. Oh, yeah. On their only trip, on their only trip to America. The police in Los Angeles had put out a bulletin that no paparazzi was going to get near them, be in their area, the vicinity, nothing. Obviously, obviously, we know why, because of his mother, okay? Right. So we all respected that. On the final day, when they were at the British consulate's home at, in Hancock Park, 
I was there because I wanted to see them. My camera was in my car, and I was near my car about 100 yards away. I just wanted to be part of it. So I'm watching all the families that gathered from the neighborhood. The police had moved up the barricade and said that at the request of the Royal Couple Women Change, you know, the prisoners, that they wanted to say thank you and meet everybody. When I heard everybody, and I ran back to my car, I grabbed my camera, and I'm bust dead center on the barricade with my hat look, my glasses, and this big old DSLR camera. And everybody there was all from families and whatnot, and here they come. And I'm photographing, I got over a hundred and some frames. They get closer. As they get closer, I'm, I'm, I didn't realize it, but now they were gonna meet and greet us. Oh my God, I turned the camera into video mode, and I waited my turn. And they got closer, and here comes William first. And he's talking, and he's, and I'm listening to him, and I can't believe that I'm listening to him. Next thing you know, he's right next to me, and then it's my turn, and he looks at me. It's my turn to communicate with him, and I ask him, straight out, since you've been in California, has anybody called you dude? And he starts <laughs> to laugh. Oh. He starts to laugh, and I found that so endearing, considering who his mother is and what my occupation is. It, it touched me. It, it really touched me. That's amazing. Because I'm, I'm making him laugh, and I know that the world thinks that the pop rock has nothing to do with his mother, you know. And and it just it, it made me feel so special that I made him laugh. And as he went by, and I, and I shook his hand and I thanked him. Here she comes, and I'm just amazed. And I didn't know what to ask her because I was already. My head has already been, you know, just out of, out of, I couldn't think anymore. But I asked her, if she was in California, I said, is, is California the cities? I pluralized it. Is California the cities of angels? And she said, oh, yes, the weather and the people and the this and that. And I just was in awe. And I said, thank you. And I shook her hand and she walked away. And that's probably why it was the most memorable wow. of them all. And it will always be the most memorable. It's a really amazing story. And, you know, as you're telling that story... Um, and of course, for the listeners out there, Princess Diana is who's talking about it as mom, and um, and that's another thing we'll talk about because the paparazzi actually took a bad deal on that when um, it came out later that it was not the paparazzi's fault. And I'll let you talk about that in a minute. But when you're when you when you met him though, did you feel like he almost had a responsibility to be the spokesperson, like or the the person representing all paparazzi across the land to to, to have that moment? Did that ever cross your mind? I don't think that even crossed my mind, but I do know for a fact I had already known what the effect would be. I just wanted to make a connection with him mm. on on a level, and I knew that laughter is the best medicine. Yeah, he had no he had no idea I'm a paparazzi. Obviously, the CIA and the police were kind of like, "Well, this guy's got to be a paparazzi," <laughs> but. but it probably didn't even face him at all, but I just, I just, I just felt that just came out because I, I wanted to be humorous to him. I just wanted him to have a great memory and say, "There's this one guy who asked me a question that just made me chuckle and mm-hmm. something, you know." And then that's what came out, and so I was, it was, I was very touched. I have to say, no, I'll always be touched on that one. 
I can hear him telling the stories now. Hey, when I was in L.A., I had this guy with a top hat and a freaking camera with a, like a NASA lens on the front of it. Ask me if anybody ever called me dude before. <laughs> but how good he was when he left, he said, no, not yet. That's great. I just thought that was fun. That's awesome. All right, the next, the next uh, fan question, this person wants to know, who's the most celebrity uh, presented the most challenge? Who's the most challenging celebrity to capture? Somebody who's really difficult to, to photo. You know, it's always the it's always the the ones that you don't hear and see too often, the elusive ones. Uh, the one Jennifer Aniston, mm. Angelina Jolie, the ones that stay out of the limelight and over they, they go to extremes to not be seen. Less is more. That's how they keep their hype and their stock. Right. by not being seen and the world wants to know what's happening. A rumor comes out you can't even ask them which raises their stock value. Wow. So it's always the ones that you don't see. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a trick to Hollywood and I always use the less is more factor because that's what I learned. I learned that if you're oversaturating yourself, you're not interested anymore. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're not in demand. You're just a commodity. A filler. Hmm. How difficult was it to get good Michael Jackson photos? Michael, at the time when he moved from Las Vegas to Los Angeles, we started capturing him many times. I made a, I made a, a little Michael Jackson documentary. Hmm. Uh, it didn't, it didn't see the light of day, obviously, because of the controversy within within our. It was through our paparazzi perspective. It was me and a friend made it. Uh, all our footage and all the times that we interacted with him when he got back from Vegas to L.A., uh, we found him in the back of an alley all by himself with his shopping bag of clothing, his hat on, and this black face mask with his black glasses on looking for his driver. Are you kidding me? You guys have ran into Michael Jackson in an alley? In an alley, in the back of Melrose, Melrose is a shopping district, and he had just come out of the back of that uh, store looking for his driver. Obviously, his driver had moved the, vet, the truck away. Mm. He said he, the driver was in a a, um, a blue SUV, uh, a blue SUV, um, a large scale like a um, suburban van kind of thing, mm-hmm. and with Vegas with Nevada plates on it. Well, he moved it to the side street. Michael didn't notice. So he's aimlessly walking, and we're just capturing footage and footage. And we might have thought it was a, you know, a, a phony, you know, maybe just a, someone pretending to be Michael until the final moment that he finally found the car and he got in the car, the mask opened, and you saw Michael. Wow. It was incredible. It was incredible. And at that moment, we didn't tell anybody, and we worked on him. So his final goodbye uh, when he had passed away, and we recorded the ambulance coming out of his home and we chased it to uh, UCLA Medical Center and that was it. Wow. That was the end of my... That's amazing. It's an amazing story. Okay, so let's see. Another good question here. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite celebrity right now to photograph? <laughs> um, my favorite celebrity to photograph, although the money's not the same like it used to be and will always be Tara Tilton. Oh, I yeah. know. I know that I know it sounds a little corny, but 
But Paris has never, has never, um, what, how can I state this? She's never disappointed us. Mm-hmm. You know, she's always given us fashion. She's always given us beauty. She's always given us um, accessories. She's she's a walking billboard. And we've always been appreciative of her. And she's never failed us and disappointed us. And even on some, on some occasions when she's under the weather, she actually lets us know, not today, guys. And we all back away and let her be. She, we know that she'll always give us a shot, no matter what. And, you know, I will always love her, her something for that. Yeah, that's great. And, and that was, that's getting back to what I was saying before about building a, a rapport. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's probably some paps out there that would not respect when she said not today, and they would probably try to do the shots anyway, and that would build a bad a bad rapport. And I'm guessing the ones who respect that, that's how you build a good rapport. Well, your your character says a lot, you know. Sure. And if your character is a little aggressive or uh, it's not inconsiderate, you're going to get the backlash with no photos. Uh, a celebrity will not give you the eye contact. A celebrity will basically blacklist you from getting a photo that you can make money on. You don't have to move mm. away from that celebrity and move find another because you're done. Now, is there a blacklist that that's that kind of like transcends the celebrity world? Do they put the word out, "Hey, this this pop is a real asshole, man. Don't 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 give him the time of day." Does that happen? I, I don't think they do that, but I know they keep a personal uh, record of it. Uh-huh. I, for sure, there's a personal record of it. Uh, because all, they see us all the time, and they know who's the good, who's the bad, and who's the not nice one. And, yeah, I think they do a personal thing. I don't think they have the time to... Re- with me, it might be a different story, because they might say, yeah, the guy with the pork pie hat. Well, there's only <laughs> one guy with the pork yeah. pie hat. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm labeling myself. Right. So there might be there might be something going on the wire to on my behalf, but no, I don't think so. I think it's just um, a personal. Uh, if they have a personal issue with one of them, they'll never forget that. You know, I wouldn't either. No, exactly. And you said it best before. Character goes a long way. Okay, so we touched we touched on who's the friendliest, like the 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 favorite, and another another one of my followers wanted to know who's one of the most. Not so friendly. Maybe this person used the word meanest, um, but is there some celebs out there that just don't really, you know, that don't really care for you guys at all? Well, there's only one, and um, and he has humbled himself recently. But it was Sean Penn. Ah, Sean Penn, okay. you just you just couldn't get near him, and you didn't want to get near him. But ever since ever since he had that meeting with Chapo in Mexico. He's come back a different man. Oh, wow. He's come back. He's not the same anymore. Something went down in that meeting with Chapo. Oh. Because after that, you know, he's still stoic now. Now he's stoic. He's, but he's not aggressive like he used to be. He was aggressive and very angry man. Now he's just stoic. And I'd rather have the stoic Sean Penn than the uh, aggressive, angry Sean Penn. Yeah, man. Heck, I'm I'm afraid of Chapo, and I'll never I'll probably never meet the guy in my life, and I, I'm intimidated by him. <laughs> Jeez. I think Chapo humbled him. Yeah, it kind of looks that way. All right, so a couple more. Um, I, I like this question. This is a good one. Who's the what what what's the furthest you've ever followed a celebrity for the shot? Wow, that's a good one. Um, 
That would be Christina Aguilera. Okay. I just happened, I just happened to do my final rounds. I think it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. I used to have these crazy hours before. I never, I was a machine. I never slept. And about 3, 3.30 in the morning, I just ended up going, she had moved to Ozzy Osbourne's house. When Ozzy had left, let the Osbourne house go, she purchased it, or she was leasing it. And, um, or purchased it, who knows, I don't even know. But I passed by there, and I saw, I saw a tour bus with its lights flashing. And I said, well, this is kind of wild, you know, Ozzy's not around, what is going on? So I got out of my car, and I walked towards the bus, and Christina Aguilera's, security guard looked at me and said, are you the only one? And I just agreed. I went, yeah, I'm the only one. I had no idea what was about to happen. And so he just nodded his head, you know, as to give me the okay. So I quickly kind of sidestepped and ran back to my car, grabbed my camera gear, came back. She came out in this sheer outfit, see-through. Oh, man. The entire thing. Like, she just got out of bed. She was covering her top with one arm with and then covering her midsection while her sitting here private with the other hand. My flash went through. It got everything except those parts. Oh, man. She just got out of bed. She got on the bus. I went to my car, and here we go on this tour. She took me. It started to rain. She took me all the way to San Diego. There was a private, what looked like a private residence, uh, area that she opened his gates open the bus went through I parked my car on the side I waited there a day I got tired after the day she never came out I drove back to LA I got my shots when she walked out but I found out that she had been hired to do a corporate party and that's why she had gone there to perform and they gave her residency and they gave her obviously her pay and, and she performed so she wow. did a, a private function for somebody but that was the furthest, from L.A. to San Diego, by car. That's amazing. And, you know, another thing I learned about watching this show is, is you know, when it's time to go to work, I mean, the adrenaline pumps, the heart's, your heart's pumping, you're trying to get that shot. But then in between, man, you go from, like, 100 miles an hour to nothing. You can sit around for hours and hours just playing the waiting game. It's like a, a up-and-down rush. Yeah, it, it is. It is an emotional roller coaster. You have your ups, and when they're high, they're up there. They're really high. I mean, sometimes you can see me fidgeting, you know. My girlfriend, Celeste here, says, you know, that I'm touching my glasses too much. I'm, I'm, I'm rubbing my nose too much. <laughs> I'm, exci I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm starstruck. I'm still, that's what keeps me in the game. I took a little time off for a little while, but I knew I still had it in me because I was just, I was, I, I, it proves it to me, you know, when she says you're touching your glasses too much, you know, on, on air, and I'm excited, and that's what it is, the high is high, and then you have to come down, not too low, it's not like, it's not like you're crashing, not like a, like overeating chocolate, but you have to calm yourself back down, because you build it, you build it, the high tension, the tension, the, uh, you know, the, the little arguments with the other paparazzis, uh, now you got to deal with the, the public, now you got to deal with police saying, hey, don't cross the line, don't, you know. So you're getting all this pressure to just get a two, three, five-second shot, chance, and then it comes down. Then you got to slow yourself back down, upload the photos, and then start it up again for <laughs> the next select. I love it, man. That's some good stuff. All right, uh, a couple more from the fans. What's, what's the biggest mistake 
you ever made as a paparazzi? The biggest mistake. The biggest mistake I ever made as a paparazzi, uh-oh. I should have never initially went corporate. I started off solo. I was freelancer, and Harvey Levin heard about me and my lingo, and he picked me up, and he said I had this project, and his project was called 30 Mile Zone, and he said I'd be perfect for it, and he had that carrot dangling, and I reached <laughs> for it, and I grabbed it, and then TMZ was born. Wow. If I would have never done that, I could have had my own entity back then. Um, but maybe this is how life works out. Maybe it, it was okay that it, it maybe, maybe, his, maybe, um, life is already written. Who knows? I don't know. I just thought that that was probably my worst mistake that I had made. Yeah. Like hindsight's twenty twenty though. Maybe, maybe this TV show is going to blow up for you and, and, you know, and that would have never happened either. So, um, yeah, yeah. You never know how life turns out and why it turned out the way it turned out. But I'm grateful right now because this is. This was um, this was a vision of mine a long time ago, and it took 14 years to get to the first episode. Wow! And you know, it's 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 it's, it's determination is what it is. Is um, is believing in yourself, and you know, it's the human spirit. You know how far it can take you if you always keep believing. You know. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's good stuff. Now, now talk about the the. How did you how did you select which paps you're going to have in this show? So for those 14 years I have been studying everything about this. Everybody, their characteristics, uh the, you know, the aggressive, the the angry, the uh the desperate, the the creative. I studied them all and um and there's a lot of paparazzis that love me, there's a lot of paparazzis, paparazzis that hate me. And there's one that don't even think about me, and, but I was still studying him. And and Carlito, um, I never worked with him. I, his brother is very aggressive, extremely aggressive. But Carlito is actually the more aggressive one, if you can believe it. <laughs> but he, he calmed down, and um, you know, I, I speak his his other his I speak his native language, and so we connect on that level. And um, I told him, hey, listen, um, I like your personality, I like your style, I think you'd be perfect for this show, and, you know, they trust me for some reason, they have trust in me, and I found 10, 10 persons that would be perfect for the job, and they're still on the back burner, so you, they'll be introduced as the show goes on, um, but I found him, and I thought I, I like his characteristic, I like his, his little, you know, the way he speaks, how he speaks, and I thought he'd be perfect. So I, I studied them all, and I picked out the best ones. And Keith, Keith got involved because he saw a movie I was in by the name of Teenage Paparazzo. It was an HBO uh, film, that, a documentary that was made by Adrian Grenier, or Grenier from uh, Entourage. Oh wow! And it was a, and it was about a 15 year old kid that used to hang around with me, and I started mentoring him into the paparazzi world and then I had to meet his mother and father and, and ask permission because the kid was so intrigued and they gave the, you know they gave me the okay to watch him and, and tutor him and and he became the youngest paparazzo ever wow he, he got a he got, he got a little film called teenage paparazzo and he saw that and he was so 
um, excited about it. He said, I want to do that. So next thing you know, he tries to come into the field, and he meets me. And so I don't, I, I don't think I've ever to, uh, mentored him at all, although he might say that. I think I just treated him as a friend, and, um, and, he, and he had a liking towards me, and, and we've been friends ever since, you know, and, and I appreciate his friendship, and I think he appreciates mine, too. So now he's in the game, too. Yeah, he seems like he's a good kid. He had a pretty good day today. He got Jane Fonda. He sure did, huh? Oh, that con. I love that. I was a little, uh, I was a little agitated because I like to get those icons, you know. But <laughs> hey, you know, he, he, we all score one day, one, and he got it today. All right, man. I got two more for you, and then we'll let you go. Um, this is another, this is another one from from one of the one of the fans. What's the biggest misconception people have of paparazzi? have about paparazzi is that they never have interacted with the paparazzi. So whatever they were told or taught, well, that's just hearsay. Because you're hearing it now from the horse's mouth. Now you're seeing it live as it happens on paparazzi TV channel. Uh, now you're hearing, you're feeling your understanding that, you know, there's a good cop, there's a bad cop. There's a good teacher, there's a bad teacher. There's a good parent, there's a bad parent. There's a good paparazzi, there's a bad paparazzi. Well said. All right, so will the TV show, will, will, will Pluto TV be playing some reruns um, while, you know, while you guys wait for the ratings to come out, or how's that going to work? Yeah, well, since we're, now we, we, we completed one week's worth of filming. We've got five days. Um, we're in hiatus now where the networks will now try to figure out what kind of numbers we're getting. And I would think that in about a week or two, um, we will have a new format to the show and we'll be back. It, it, we're not going anywhere. We're just, we're just, we're learning as we go along with the viewer. Because mm. the viewer and the, and, and the, and the paparazzi and, and the crew, the camera guys and everyone, we, we're starting from zero, trying to reach zero status, and we're going baby steps, one by one. That's great. So anybody listening to this, and for those who are going to listen to this podcast, if you saw the show and you liked it, jump on social media, man. Tell everybody about it. Share it. Get it out there, because it's a great show. I really enjoyed watching this week. Um, I was fortunate. I was, I was not fortunate in getting sick. But because I was sick, I was able to watch this show, which is a terrific show. And I really wanted to thank you, Rick, for coming on board tonight. Uh, thank you, and I, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, just um, enjoy enjoy entertainment to your to your 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 your, uh, your your audience. Enjoy entertainment. Enjoy whatever it is that entertains you. Enjoy to the fullest, and that's how everybody wins. I love it, man. Now, before I let you go, is there any is there any uh, thing you want to say to the fans as far as where they can follow you on Facebook, social media, anything else you want to end the uh, end the interview with? Yeah, um, I'll let I'll let my girlfriend Celeste say because I I forgot all this stuff. No problem. Let's get Celeste on board. Instagram Celeste Rick with an S. No, paparazzi television. Oh, but okay. <laughs> so on Instagram it's paparazzi television, and on Facebook it's Rick Mendoza. You'll see the little character, the cartoon character on there. 